0: Cyril, what a beauty!
1: G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lech Dog and I am joined by one of the best in the biz. The man out west, the beautiful human demo co-host of the mailbag. How are you? I don't know if I'm one of the best in the business this year.
0: I've had a I've had an awful year, but I'm I'm okay. It's a bit cold here in Perth.
1: Oh, don't you talk about being cold. It's been... I've been waking up to zero degrees every day, freezing my little nips off. Damo, best in the biz. Do as we say, not as we do. That is tattooed onto my chest. Do as I say, not as I do. And I know you live by the same mantra.
0: Oh, yeah, I've made stupid decisions that I wouldn't recommend to anyone else.
1: Well, how have you... I know you've struggled a bit. I know you've had a lot of injuries. What's probably... What's the thing that's upsetting you the most?
0: Probably, it, took, it probably took me about 12, 13 trades before I actually got to my first real upgrade in my team. And now I've been hit with all these things that have like happened with the Clayton Oliver, however long he's going to be out with whatever he's got. Um, then Jeremy Cameron gets himself knocked out by a teammate and after I trade him in. And oh, it just feels like every player I trade in, or every player I have has run into some issue eventually that oh, it's just, it's like I walked under a ladder and crossed a black cat and opened an umbrella inside and all of that all at once and it's just turned my team into a rolling mess.
1: Well, Damo, I'm, uh, I'm sorry to hear it. There's plenty of season left and there's always next year and that's the important thing now are you going to be doing a a Carlton and retooling with next season in focus or are you going to do a uh i don't know who's pushing for finals as someone who's pushing for finals
0: i've i've already got a document on my computer titled 2024 super coach and i'm already tracking trends for my starting team next year
1: so you're doing a Carlton i'm attempting it geelong i had a as the only time of the year where i get things right is the buy period so i i've done my usual buy around rank jumps now it's just about holding it but i am and i know you wanted to talk about this demo where should we be right now in terms of team structures i'm at full primo quote in quotation marks i have a couple of pretend primos so i've got Dylan Moore at F6, I've got Will Day, and I've got uh, Harry Himmelberg in my side. So they're, they're three Hold non-Primos.
0: Hold on. Is Will Day a pretend primo?
1: I don't know. He looked good when they switched him into defense, uh, sat him behind the ball, and he got a racked up a 141 on the weekend.
0: He's, he's done really well the last few weeks, and I remember looking through numbers after the round finished and, and he's averaged something like a 95.6 over the last five weeks or something. And so I don't think he's as fake as you think. I think he's one of those players who is trying to make the next step. And last year, we kind of saw Zach Butters stuck in that same kind of state of flux where he would have all the po- have, have all the right... Uh, statistical indicators but he couldn't match it with his disposal efficiency will day has run into that issue and he's kind of on the other side of it now so we might see a bit of an uptick and now he's might be someone who finishes the year really strong and is someone who we look at for next year as a, as a cheaper starting option
1: well i'm very hopeful that's the case Demo, because that would leave me with Six trades, a complete in quotation mark team, and plenty of cover on the bench. You wanted to talk about this. What should our teams be look like? looking like? Because I feel like I'm feeling pretty happy with my team. I don't have all the top-end primos that others do, but I'm going to say I've got a full primo team.
0: Okay. Your team should be looking nothing like mine.
1: <laughs> what does your team like look like?
0: I don't want to say a dumpster fire because that insinuates the dumpster can still be saved by a firefighter or something. Yeah, this a dumpster is, fire my,
1: is is something that's like an accident in progress.
0: Yeah, my my team is what's left of a dumpster. You were
1: fire. you're you're post dumpster fire. Your dumpster burnt. I'm I'm dumpster burnt.
0: I am completely dumpster burnt yeah to be honest this year has been one of those years where i've been like no 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 i've i'll fix it i'll fix it i'll fix it kind of like you know when the pig goes flying in the simpsons it's like it's just a little wet it's still good it's still good yeah my team's not good anymore um i've tried to fix it i've tried to be positive about it i it's it's, it's not my, my team is not the kind of team that people should be striving to get when they're finished trading and upgrading because my goodness, it needs it needs dear help.
1: Well, let's talk about it. Coming out of the bias, generally around this time is when we would like to be full primo or pretty close to full primo. Uh, what do we mean by that? That you don't have any rookies in your starting lineup for the most part. Sometimes, like a Harry Sheasel, you might consider him a primo at this point. But I think for the, you want everyone averaging sort of ninety plus. I'd say, in your starting lineup. That's the dream coming out of the buys. It's a little bit harder this year. As you pointed out, there's been a lot of injuries, but there's also an extra round. So the the, the year goes one week longer for Supercoach. So it's also going to be harder to maintain a healthy side through the rest of the buy. Um, let's assume most people listening have have full primo or close to full primo. How many trades should they have? How many trades should they be saving? And should the focus be on creating bench depth and having plenty of cover or should it be on finalizing your primos?
0: I don't think it's a matter of how many trades should you have left. It's how comfortable are you with your current team? And that is probably where the amount of trades you have left is something that you really need to think about. If you are full primo, you've got cover on your bench and you've got four trades left. I've got no issue with that. If you have, if you are full primo, no cover on your bench and you have four trades left, maybe it's time to start hitting the panic button because you probably need cover on the, on the, on the run home. And you don't want to be using trades if someone's got a one-week injury and you've and your bench is full of 102K rookies that aren't playing. So it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's a balancing act for where your team is and how it's positioned versus what trades you have left and how you can cover an injury.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good shout. One of the things I've seen is a lot of people are sitting – Sitting there full primo, but with a, a complete bench of one hundred two k non playing rookies, and I understand that, that you know the the aim is to invest all of the money into the on field guys. But you're exactly right. How do you cover it? How do you cover them? So that's why a lot of teams opt for like an an M nine D seven defensive mid switchy role, and maybe have a forward mid on your bench at F seven. But I think ideally I think ideally in an ideal situation you've got at least one playing comfortably playing player on every line, whether that's a Seamus Mitchell or Josh Weddle or a George Wardlaw or I I don't know, someone someone of that caliber, they're probably the guys we want on our bench. Now, it's all well and good for us to say that demo, but if play if people out there are listening and they don't have them and they are full primo or pretty close to with a, bun- with a bunch of dead rookies. What's your advice? Because my advice would be to put some life into some of those dead rookies and get some of these guys that are coming up on the bubble.
0: But the, the issue is who's on the bubble? Who can people turn to? Or who's in that sort of cheaper range that people can turn these non-playing rookies into? So do you look at someone like a Marcus Windiger who is 250 K you might only gain what 10, 20 K from, from, from a dead rookie, but he's going to be, he's probably going to play. He might not score. He's probably going to score fifties for you, but Hey, fifties better than zeros. If if you need, if you need to cover an injury.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. that's a He's a good example. Um, I actually, I'm trying to find him. I can't quite see him on my, uh, in my filter. Um, that's one way to go about it, right? There's some rookies on the bubble. Most of them, I think, are not going to be reliable. So I think it is the your guys around the 250K mark that are going to offer you this cover. But it's really hard to, A, pick the right one, B, sit through the poor scoring they're inevitably going to give you, and then C, like, is it really worth a trade getting to one of them? It's a, it's a really tough balancing act. A guy like... Uh, I don't know Who, who's who's someone that we can talk about in this. Like an Angus Sheldrick, right? Two weeks in a row, he turned up or got close to turning up last week. Then he scored 93 against West Coast mid forward, 251k. Is it too late to jump on him? He's very expensive compared to what he was a couple of weeks ago.
0: One thing that this year has taught me is I have no job security radar anymore. I have no idea who's in a team's twenty-two or not. Angus Sheldrick is going to be hard to displace, given his form. Hmm. So I don't think he's. I don't think it's too late to jump on him, but I wouldn't. But I wouldn't be paying more money to get to him. He would have to be someone who you bring in, and you gain a bit of cash in your bank with. So you're not going to trade. A Harry Sharp to him because that means you have to cough up ninety k. Mm. You're 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 not gonna you're not gonna swap a Campbell Chesser to him because again you're gonna have to to cough up a 110 k. You're it's you're gonna want to move someone who, like a Seamus Mitchell, who to be honest is probably gonna give you pretty similar results. Yeah, so probably I don't
1: rather keep him.
0: So you'd probably prefer to keep Seamus Mitchell.
1: Yeah, so, th- I mean, there's a couple of guys. Marcus Windiger, you mentioned, he's 229K, 30, 40-ish K cheaper than he was at the start of the year. He'll pump out some 50s. Quinton Narkle had 60 on debut. You're not going to back in his body. But these are guys that are pretty firmly entrenched in their team 22. Is Quinton not- Narkle? Well, <laughs> if you believe what they say, yes. If you put... He's gonna be. He's held together with sticky tape. Uh, Sam Simpson, who's not playing at the moment, he he's one that like would have fit into this. Joel Marty as well, would have fit into this. I mean, he's still playing, but he's forward only. You're really looking for people with DPP. It's tough. It's tough to suggest guys that we might be able to bring into our teams as cover. So let's look at the rookies on the bubble. There's not many of them.
0: <laughs> Ryan Ryan Marrick at West Coast is on the bubble He's now played two games after being picked up in the mid-season draft He had a 49 on debut against Adelaide and then a 16 against Sydney um, He's He looked better than the 16 But then again, no West Coast player looked good on the weekend
1: no. um, Jasper Fletcher is another one, $157,800 Is he going to stay in the side?
0: I think he's going to stay around the side. I mean, I don't know if he's going to play every game on the run home, but I don't think if he get I think if he gets omitted, he's going to return pretty quickly. He's going to be one of those players that stays on the fringe, might have a random sub game every now and then, but I think he's I think he's relatively job secure.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh Kyle Loman 146,500. He's a small fort. We can't be recommending him.
0: Uh, with Brisbane's run home, you probably could take the gamble, but not highly recommended.
1: Nick Bryan, ruck forward from Essendon 59 and 50. They has got his eyes closed in disgust. I, I,
0: I wouldn't. Um, we don't know how long Sam Draper's out for, but when Sam Draper returns, Nick Bryan is gone.
1: Yeah, and it... I mean, there's not a whole lot else in this space, really. I mean... You could look ahead a couple of weeks at like a, a Carlton David Cunningham. He's injury prone. Lockie Fogarty won't stay in the side. Jackson Binns should debut. Won't stay in the side. It's not a lot of. It's not a lot of one trade fixes for people who have dead rookies out there, Damo.
0: No, not not at all. And I think it's only going to get harder as the year progresses. So you want to try and finish your team as quick as possible with cover now. Even if the cover is Ryan Merrick from West Coast, he probably is going to play a lot of the games on the run home, um, regardless of how well he'll score.
1: Well, they, yeah, well they don't have much much choice. He's probably the one this week, and it I don't love that.
0: <laughs> I don't love it, but we've kind of been rookie poor for the for for the last four to six weeks. We haven't really had anyone coming through. Knocking down the door, saying "Pick me, pick me," it's been eh. You'll do.
1: No, you're right, and I think that's that highlights the importance of getting it right in the early parts of the year. Demo, I'm happy to flex here. I've only had, I think, one or two weeks where I've had a rookie like had a spot that I could loophole on my bench because I've actually had playing rookies all year. Pure fluke, but really highlights the difference. Right, I got lucky at the start of the year with who I picked, and you. Didn't get as lucky it was at the start of the year with people you picked. So I opted not
0: to get Jacob Van Rooyen. That was I, I,
1: I did miss Jacob Van Rooyen. I did miss him.
0: I opted not to get. Oh, you know what? We we could be sitting here for days listing who who, who I didn't jump j- jump on. The the fact is, who I did jump on died within a couple of weeks. Yep. And this is where this is coming back to what I said before. My radar for job security is needs to needs to be replaced because <laughs> I have no bloody clue.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's tough and it's mostly luck, but it really does highlight the importance of, of jumping on at the right time and the right guys, and not just jumping on because this is more a lesson for next year. Not just jumping on a guy because he's named in his third game when we know he's probably not going to stick around the team. Now, the asterisk to, asterisk to one of the things I just said is that I haven't had any dead rookies, but I have had Sam Sturt scoring as the, as the sub scoring four points. So, like, he's technically not dead, but he may as well be dead. I I told you not you to did? get
0: Sam Sturt, and you were like, I'm getting him anyway.
1: Yeah, because he scored 100 one time. That was like Last year, four years ago. Whatever it was.
0: <laughs> he, he was playing on Michael Hurley. He was playing on like one leg and two, and one kidney and half a lung <laughs> and
1: whatever was going on with him. He was yes. he's doing well. So I guess it's hard to fix your rookies with one trade this week. The focus should be on probably upgrading them, looking at a marriage and just kind of, let's cross our fingers and cross our toes on the way home that there's not too many more suspensions and injuries. And next year, we need to do a really deep dive as a community. I'm not saying we as in you and I, but we as a community need to do a really deep dive on how we nail the correct rookies.
0: Speaking of injuries, yeah. like Clayton Oliver.
1: What do I do? held, you didn't. I didn't. I did trade him to Sicily who played two of the next five games, but yes.
0: What do people? What do should the people who held him do now? Because he's because it's now one to two weeks, could be longer. He's apparently that hamstring is not loosening up to the point where he can run properly. So, Duke is now the time to trade him. Like he could be back next week. He might not be back until round twenty. Melbourne just yeah. seemed, just don't seem to have any idea.
1: Yeah, it's a really, really tough one. I imagine it's the the answer's different depending on what you're doing, what you're playing for. If you're playing for rank, you probably don't have him anymore. Uh, You've probably already moved him on. If you're playing for league, I saw... uh, I can't remember who it was. I know it was someone we love. Someone tweeted earlier today that... uh, well, I, I'm playing for league, so I'll just wait hold him and through until the uh until the finals, which is an option. That is an option. My gut says if you've still held him, but we still don't have a certain return date, we have to trade him.
0: I I only held him because it was the buy rounds. It was best eighteen. It, there was scope for me to still get it decent scores across the buys while holding him. Now that it's no longer the buyers, I don't see how I can. I I have to move him on because I want my team to start doing better if if, if there's any chance of that ever happening. So I need all the points on on my field. I can't be banking on a Matt Johnson or a George Wardlaw to pump out a 96-plus or or whatever it is every single – every every single week i i i need points on field that are reliable and unfortunately oliver doesn't fit in that category as we speak which is incredible to say because he's only missed something like six games across his whole career prior to this so
1: yeah and then and this is going to be a a, a question mark over him Moving forward as well, like this isn't just affecting this year. This affects decisions we make next year and the year after as well. By the way, it was JG who did some content for us this year who tweeted, it's frustrating as holding Oliver has been. I play for Clash Leagues, not overall. He's already down to 23% owned and most teams are complete. He's going to be bloody handy pod come Super Coach finals. Plays 13th, 15th, 16th, and 17th on the current ladder during finals, which is a fair point. It's a fair way to look at it. Assuming yep. he comes back for that. Yeah. How long's he been out now? Has it already been five or six weeks? Not rounds, th- but weeks. I think it's been
0: four weeks as as at time of recording. Because I believe he got injured the week before the buys began.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He I think it was after the Hawthorne. No, it was before the Hawthorne buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh Oh, gee whiz, it's tough. My, my gut instinct is you have to trade him. I think regardless of, of which way you cut it, limited trades are going to make that hard, obviously. But even if he does finally come back, how's he going to perform? We haven't seen him miss time before. How's he going to recover in that injury? Is he going to be careful? Is he going to be a bit cautious? I think all these questions are real questions. And as annoying as it is, if you've been a holder, the buyers are over, as you said, Domo. we're back to best 22. 650K is a lot of money to have sitting on your bench, and I think we've just got to pull the pin. Absolutely. And if you're
0: someone who's looking for a point of difference on the run home, maybe now is that time to go for someone who doesn't have high ownership. Lots of people jumped on Christian Petrarca as a result of this injury. I did. Christian Petrarca's ownership is now 23.3%. I'm pretty sure he was not even close he to that. He wasn't that
1: high. He was when that high.
0: Um, Oliver got injured. So, mind you, he 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 is an option to um, turn Oliver into. But you've got other options like Zach Butters. He's on a bit of a tear for Port Adelaide at the moment. People calling him a Brownlow chance.
1: Absolutely. Um, your boy Adam Chair is dominating.
0: He's showing Carlton what they paid for. Yeah. Um, Tom Liberatore has slid under the radar a little bit, and he's, he's so good. and he's owned by eight point six percent
1: of teams, six hundred and fifteen k, making basically fifty k there. I like these pods. Luke Parker, another one, who five round average of one hundred and nineteen. I'm just going back. So scores of. This is since round five. Why am I picking round five? Because that's when the numbers fit my story. 104, 116, 103, 101, 136, 77, 145, 134. He's always good. And Luke
0: Parker has a history of being quite good after the buy as well.
1: Yeah, he. I always end up owning him after the buy. So he's a good buy. 1.7% of teams. There are definitely some options to look at. Hell, even Brad Crouch, Brad Crouch, Brad Crouch, he's a lower end sort of of the totem pole, but he's back to last year's form. He's had four tons on the trot.
0: Or you could flip someone like a Dunkley or a Taranto into your midfield and go for a Nick Martin and net yourself 130k.
1: I don't mind that.
0: 120, 129, 139, and 124 in his last four games.
1: Gee, whiz, that's pretty impressive.
0: He has made that wing spot f- his own at Essendon, and looking bloody good doing it.
1: He is. So there's plenty of options. There's plenty of options that we can look at. Hey, side note: a guy I put in the cheat sheet last week, mistakenly as a mid defender, Elliot Yo. Injury reports just come out from West Coast live at time of recording. He's out for the next three to four weeks. So, apologies to anyone who bought him in. Uh, he's in 8.3% of teams.
0: Shout out to Supercoach Potato, Super Supercouch Potato. He brought him in hoping he could be D6 for the rest of the year. Yeah, Ooh. not happening, mate. Sorry about he's that. He's
1: actually in 15K teams. He went from 8K to 15K last week. That Ooh, stings. That most would most. hurt. Hip concern late in the loss to Sydney. That screams to me, shut it down. We're shutting it all down. Hey, the plus side is that means Campbell Chester will will get a full game potentially. (laughs) They have no other – they might not even have enough to field a sub. They might have to just go back to the old school 22. So, yo news aside, we're saying that Clayton Oliver is a trade. There's plenty of options to consider. Trade – Asterix, if you're playing for rank. If you're playing for rank, yes. Having said that, if you're playing for league and you're competing to get into finals, if you're on the fringe and you own him, I think you have to move him as well. I think it's only if you're in the comfort of knowing you're going to play finals that you're holding him.
0: Yeah, for sure. Speaking of leagues, shout out to AFL Doodles. Shout out. He puts. Myself, Leg, and a whole bunch of other creators in a in a in divisional leagues with relegations, prom- promotions, all that sort of thing. He's been managing it all throughout the year. I'm sure he'll be doing it again next year. I think he wants to make. I think he wants to do more divisions. But shout out to him. That might be the one league that I really pay attention to on the run home because. I don't want to let him down because I feel like he's got a lot of work into this.
1: So just to shout out at AFL underscore doodles, D O O D L E S and Twitter at uh, AFL doodles, the same tag AFL, uh, no underscore AFL D O O D L E S on Instagram. They also do just cool little paint style, Microsoft paint sketches of cool AFL stuff. So shout out for Doodles, At Damo. I think that's all the big news. I think it's a bit of a quick one. It's it's a it's a trade, Clayton Oliver. There's not much cash on the on the bubble. I guess if you're going to target players, if you haven't quite finalised your team, there are a few t- teams coming off the buy. So for you, for Carlton, you're talking your Sam Doherty's, you're talking your your Cheras, your yeah, Sam Walsh is you that caliber of player. Is there anyone from North Port, Bulldogs, Giants, Richmond that you'd be targeting?
0: it's on my head. I mean, Shai Bolton was in really good form before the Richmond buy. So if you think he can maintain that form and get straight back into it up, off a buy, then he's one to consider as a pod for the run home. Um, Callum Mills made his return to the Sydney team on the weekend, not, Sydney obviously weren't on the buy, but he's someone who could slip under 400K if he scores poorly this weekend and be a bit of a bargain for those looking to complete their midfield.
1: Yeah, he's a big, big watch for me. Uh, Harry Himmelberg, another one, who was a little bit quiet the week before the bye, which pushed his break even up to 69 this week. But I think given... What we saw from him last year, averaging what like 111 after the buy as a defender. He's someone at 396, 400. I've got my eye firmly on. And I'm going to say, before I get all the questions, yes, I know Paddy Cripps scored whatever it was. What did he score? 117 against Gold Coast. I know he's only 457,000. I'm going to need to see it a second week before I even begin to think about it.
0: And Ben Keys is still pretty cheap as well.
1: Ben Keys is cheap. Kieran Briggs. Let's talk about him before we wrap up. Sorry, I'm just throwing things into the mix, but I'm just thinking of touch points that uh, were on last week's pod. Last week, I was of the opinion that if you needed, that you could cash out on him to be a, a keeper, uh, to cash out on him to bring in a free keeper. If you're in the situation where you have him at R3 Demo, what are you advising? And let's say most people have some sort of combination of English, Wits, and Marshall. At R one and two, what's your advice?
0: Had this question on the mailbag last week. A great listen, by the way. Um, Clarkie, Paddo from Supercoach co-captains and myself, we all agreed that you wouldn't trade Tim English. It would be a matter of do you, if you trust your R two enough to be able to trade Briggs, or do you tr- or you trade your R2, put Briggs on field to finish another part of your team.
1: Yeah, I guess it's win-win in the sense that no matter what, right? if you believe that he's a, a, a keeper, no matter what, trading one of your Ruckman allows you to probably complete your team in another spot. So whether it's him or one of your other Ruckman, I, I think I think you can trade. My, personally, I'm such a big Briggs man, and if I didn't happen to have Riley O'Brien in my team last week, I would have 100% kept Briggs instead.
0: Yeah, Briggs is someone that I didn't bring in just purely because of my trade numbers. Like, the trade in would have been great, but the trade out would have been been the issue. But he's now someone who I'm considering as potentially, like, my first-picked ruck for next season.
1: Oh, I'm very, very excited by him. I've tweeted a thread about three years running where I said, talking about how I want the Blues to pick him up. Sadly, I think that's now off the table. So yes, so our advice is uh, now now that the buys are gone, my advice and that they're coming off the buy, my advice is bloody hold that man, trade whoever else you've got. He's a beast.
0: Well, on the plus side, the Blues can now get Matty Flynn.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't hate it, but he's no Kieran Briggs.
0: No one's Kieran Briggs.
1: I described, and maybe this is a bit too much, in one of my tweets I was going back, I described him as like a Max Gorn-esque player. (laughs) So at least he's scoring like him. At least he's scoring like him. Yeah. All right, Damo, it was a bloody pleasure. Where do people need to listen to you this week and where do they need to send their questions?
0: Jock Mailbag will be out Wednesday evening, early Thursday morning, depending on how quickly I get it edited. This week's guest is MJ from the coaches panel. You might remember him from one of the preseason episodes. In fact, it was one of our most listened to preseason episodes. So he was a popular advice giver. Um, And he's he's very level-headed in the way he gives advice as well. So he can definitely, you know, calm you down if you're in a state of panic and lay everything on the table for you for you to then make a proper decision. So I he just has a way with words and I love that. Send your questions to us using the hashtag jockmailbag on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. There's also a post on the Twitter that you can reply to with all your questions and we will answer them tomorrow night beautiful stuff.
1: Thank you for joining me. I've missed your wonderful face. My friend we will definitely be speaking to you before the end of the season.
0: It's been good. It's been, uh, it's been a long absence from this podcast, but it was nice to be back.
1: But I got to say you have been, you and Clarky have really turned the mailbag into something. It's my number one listen every week. I truly, truly love it. And the amount of the variety of guests you get on and the advice they give and the wonderful people that they are is just, uh, it's just wonderful. So kudos to you.
0: It's been good getting to know people in the community and, you know, reach reaching out, extending branches out and kind of, um, you know, expanding our sort of Teledex, I guess you'd call it. I love it.
1: I love it. I didn't have referencing a Teledex on the list of things on this podcast. Appreciate you, my dude.
0: Thanks, mate.